everybody. You're listening to the 36th episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP, where we talk about baseball, drinks, Nintendo, and everything else under the sun. I'm Jacala Calloway alongside Dorian, and on today's podcast, we drink to save ourselves from scurvy, dripping diamonds, discuss the latest Mike Tyson doc, and we watch Manchester City from space. So we want to begin this show like we do all the other ones by discussing what it is that we're drinking this evening. So... Today, I am drinking Chameleon's Organic Cold Brew Smooth Black Coffee. And I really have to say, this stuff is really, really good. Like, cold brew, I've only had it on a few occasions. And I actually got, like, a cold brew press on, like, this, like, wicked deal at Macy's just randomly going in one day. So I haven't used it yet, but I got these cans for free. And the stuff is really hitting, especially being I was tired as all hell before so yeah this is definitely giving me the per- the pick me up i need in order to carry me through the rest of my evening so what is it that you have this evening dorian what is it that you were drinking what story can you you know share with our our blessed audience today first first to carlo hello second mike mike forget about my story i want to know what your story i i, I think i wasn't following you 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 have your coffee you bought your coffee from macy's no, I got a coffee press from Macy's. Oh, you know okay. Macy's has their home, like home yeah. section and stuff. And so they had this uh, Hamilton Beach cold brew. And it was originally like, say, like $47. It was on sale for $4. Wow. Yeah. So it was, and it was like big. It was like, oh, do I really want to carry this? And you're just like, really? You're getting like a 95% markup on it. <laughs> God, the damn thing. So I have to like pull that out because I'm definitely not going to go and spend money on buying this stuff. I'll just make it on my own and just have it to drink, especially when it's getting warmer. And the, yeah, even though if there are any listeners who have, um, who own stock in Macy's aren't going to be happy hearing that Macy's is selling things at for $4, <laughs> but you know what? Oh, well, and good for DiCarlo. And is, is this the organic coffee brew from the, hip-hop artist chameleon or has one has nothing to do with the other i don't think one has nothing okay. to do with the other. I, I mean i know chameleon air is the guy's name number oh chameleon that's right that's yeah, right and i know he became like a head like he's an investor now or something like he got out, yeah he stopped rapping and just used his money and started investing which is that is a smart smart man yeah. so yeah good good for him making money and stuff but today again it's Hello everyone. It's uh, getting hot. It's it's it is hot. Forget about it. it's getting hot. It is hot, and I'm having another summer drink, taking a break from uh, American beer because I'm still supporting American jobs. I'm having a mojito, and my good friend Brian is going to tell us all about it. I don't think it's a gay drink. Mojito. Not at all. It's a great drink, <laughs> and I'm I made this mojito from. Puerto Rico, which I know is shocking to some of you, but Puerto Rico still actually is part of the United States. It's, I made it from Castillo rum from a little place called Cataño, Puerto Rico. Obviously, I made it with some lime, lime leaf, uh, I'm sorry, with some mint leaves, pinch of lime, club soda, a little bit of cane sugar, and the Carlo. I made this, made it a little strong. So, uh, so I may you're be, be on your ass after you drink. I, I don't know about that, but I, I may be on my culo, but I may be stumbling and bumbling towards the end. So you might have to carry us over the over the the championship line. But I want to give people a quick quick story about mojito. Is this is actually um, 
the mojito was invented in, in, in Havana, Cuba, not in Puerto Rico, in Havana, Cuba. And people think that it's this was actually an indigenous medicine for things like scurvy. Obviously, we're saving. This is why I'm drinking this at Carlo, because in case I find myself on a boat this weekend, I'm not going to die of scurvy drinking a plenty, drinking plenty of mojito. So it's supposed to be, be medicine for scurvy and dysentery. It's also thought that African slaves working in the fields of Cuba, in the sugarcane fields of Cuba, um, were the ones that invented this, and they named it mojito, which comes from a West African word, uh, moho. And moho means to cast, it says it means uh, to cast a spell or magic. But we also do know that Sir Francis Drake may have been the first European to drink this. He was, Sir Francis Drake was a pirate for Queen Elizabeth I, uh, the Queen of England. And the it was again. It was admitted. Still drink. He was dr he was drunk. He was uh, messed up. His crew was messed up somewhere in Cuba. They decided to go invade it. The Spanish fought them off, and the Cubans uh, gave him base a mojito. But Sir Francis Drake made it with brandy. It, the, so he basically drank the same thing, De Carlo, four hundred years ago, except he had it with brandy, and we now drink it traditionally with rum because obviously rum is the, one of the national drinks in a lot of Caribbean countries. And last last bit. Mojito, the mojito, the mojito was Ernest Hemingway's favorite drink, the great American author. Yeah. You know, they recently had a documentary as Ken Burns that on Hemingway that was on PBS about like, three months ago, three, four months ago. When is Ken Burns going to do a documentary on, on our, our little podcast? Um, when, when we're dead. We, yeah. <laughs> if we're lucky. That would be nice, though. It's just like, have uh, Peter Coyote as the the narrator, and then Morgan Freeman does my voice. That would go. Who in that world is Peter Coy Peter Coyote? He's an actor, and like he does voiceovers. If you if you watch Ken Burns documentaries from the Civil War, yeah, I watched this it. One, Baseball. Peter Coyote is always the one who's the, that's the voice behind it. Uh, okay, I, I don't. In case Peter Coyote's uh, listening to this, I, I'm actually not the biggest fan of his voice, but. I think it's nice. I, I think Here's it's a nice him. subtle voice. But I just love the like the photos and like mm -hmm. especially the what like how Ken Burns like puts it up like Yeah, they what? do the zoom, they pan, they zoom out, or no, they zoom in and they pan. Yeah. And then always having somebody doing the voice of reading, you know, their their notes or um, famous quotes. Like right. yeah, I like this guy. Anyway. So yeah, so in case you're watching a Ken Ken Burns documentary, in case you're reading a book by the great Ernest Hemingway, listener, whatever you're drinking this summer, think of us. Send us a picture of what you're drinking. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040 and use the hashtag HBPDrink. A few minutes ago, we talked about who's the, who's the hip hop artist? I already lost my train of thought. Chameleon. Chameleon. He, he liked to be dripping in gold and silver and all that stuff. That was what, eight, 15, 18 years ago? Probably. It was, it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a bit a while ago. They see me rolling. It was like riding dirty. Gotta catch me riding dirty. Yeah. I mean, funny talking about that then. And then, of course, we still have, you know, people unfortunately getting stopped for allegedly riding dirty and they're not. But, you know. But what, all, but even though Chameleon Air may not be in style anymore because he's too busy actually making a boatload of money and good for him. People wearing diamonds and dripping in diamonds, dripping in silver, uh, apparently never goes out of style. From the time of the Spanish conquistadors uh, in, in modern day Mexico to Sir Francis Drake trying to steal Spanish rubies and, and, and diamonds, 
the San Diego Padres from Major League Baseball, I want to talk about they have something called the swag chain, DeCarlo. It's a large gold-plated chain, and it has the S&D, obviously standing for San Diego, interlocking. And it, they set it in semi-precious stone and real, and, it, and real silver. And the S&D spins. <laughs> they, brought, they just brought it out a few weeks ago, back on the 22nd of May, when they played the Seattle Mariners. And they based it off of the famous turnover chain that the, that the University of Miami college football team introduced back in 2017. Mm. Now everybody, everybody's copying the University of Miami college football team and the turnover chain because – you know the whole thing about swag and all that stuff but yeah and it's flashy it's uh it goes with a lot of the culture within college sports and just sports overall especially with the heavy influence of hip-hop and yeah uh, music so i mean and now, i think it's cool it bring it brings it brings a little levity to the game which it should be because we have to remember it's a game so you have to be able to have those moments to be flamboyant against your opponent and just psych out everybody it's psychological warfare and it's funny and entertaining it is, it's super entertaining. So at the University of Miami, they give the, the turnover chain just to the defensive players if they cause a turnover. And in baseball now for the San Diego Padres, they let the player wear the swag chain if the player hits a home run or if they win to the player of the game, that the players decide, you know what, man, you were the player of the game and you're going you're gonna to wear the swag chain at the end of the game to be interviewed by the press and all the other stuff. And I actually just saw it back on the 28th of May when the San Diego Padres all-universe shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr., who's Dominican, he hit a monstrosity of a home run against the Houston Astros. And as he was coming back to the dugout, uh, Manny Machado, also Dominican, he's a third baseman, and he's from Miami. He came out with a chain, and it was funny. It was, like, it was almost like a coronation. He just put it right over he put it right over his head on his chain. And obviously, Tatis Jr., he can't help himself. I mean, he's a what 20 what is he 22 years old when he's a kid he's loving it and uh and what i love is unlike tony la Russa, the padres manager uh jace tingler said quote it's something that's been talked about since spring training they are a very smooth swaggy group of players end quote so well, how that's is this also a manager who is confident in his team and doesn't have a stick up his ass and just allows you know, players to have fun. Let this new generation flex their muscle and show who they are. Absolutely. God forbid they have fun, though. So how was this swag chain made? They didn't call up Chameleonaire. What they did was Manny Machado, the man who has a $300 million contract, he worked with uh, Gabriel Jacobs. This guy owns, apparently he's really famous in the sports world. I don't know if you know if you know this guy, DiCarlo, but he owns uh, Rafaelo and, Com and Co., it's a luxury jewelry store out of New York. So Machado and Jacobs collaborated on the design. Obviously, I'm sure I'm sure Machado paid for it. I don't even they didn't even say how much it, it cost. But what I mean, when I think about the, the all these uh, these this jewelry and sports, which one's your favorite one? Between what the, I don't know turnover chain or well, the, chain? no, but there's a turnover chain. In, for the University of Miami college football team. There's the swag chain now for the San Diego Padres. Mm -hmm. I know that the much smaller college football team, FIU, Florida International University, they give their defensive players the turnover belt. Mm -hmm. So it's like the old World Wrestling Federation belts. Yeah. It's awesome. And somebody in the Midwest, 
I, we need to, I'm, I'm going to ask our, our crack HBP bullpen research analysts to look this, but I think they have like a turnover, like trash can. It's very, very pathetic. That's uh, terrible. <laughs> That's funny though. It's they're probably even from Ohio. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know, but uh, what, so yeah. So, I mean, obviously you, you like it that they, that they're bringing this into the sports, right? Yeah. It's funny. It, it's levity. You have to have those moments where you can kind of, Harlem Globetrotted a bit, not to the extent of just complete, like, you know, just stupidity, but yeah. it's enough to bring some, some levity to it. It definitely helps build camaraderie within the squad. Like, you know, like even the going back to when Aaron Rodgers used to put it on, like act out like he was putting on the championship belt. Mm-hmm. And then after he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl he rocks yeah. with the WWE championship. Yeah. belt. like, that stuff is dope because you're supposed to feel like a champ. You're supposed to rock your your swag and be dope when you do like hot things like that. So I'm all for it, man. It's, it, it brings, it, it really does make the game a little bit more uh, enjoyable. Just. Absolutely. When, whenever, whenever God, hopefully I'm going to be able to see the San Diego Padres in person this year. And I'm definitely going to be looking out for that swag chain, but DeCarlo, I just got a note from our research associate here at HPP bull, uh, the bullpen. They're telling me that that it I was I misspoke. It was the University of Tennessee Volunteers College football team that had the the um what am I reading here? The garbage can. The garbage can. Mm, that's funny. it was called a turnover trash can. Mm, it was funny. how pathetic. So it's this Darlo, that tells you that this was the year, 2017, that the University of Miami came out with the turnover chain, and then Tennessee's response is a trash can <laughs> zero zero creativity i mean come on come on people of nashville or where is no knoxville, knoxville. i'm sorry knoxville. no no oof, oof. I, no i don't want to get people in nashville mess, uh, mad at me because that's the home of vanderbilt but uh that's, that's yeah. pretty bad but anyways we'll, let's pull it back here again so i'm gonna give the floor to the man fernando tatis jr the shortstop he said quote it's amazing it's team bonding we're pushing for each other and we're just having fun so far, end quote. DeCarlo loves it. I love it. And it keeps with the promotional BS that Major League Baseball had out a few years ago about let the kids play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also I, just trying to do things that could put them in competition with the NBA. <laughs> God forbid that Major League Baseball tries to be cool and tries to, you know, go beyond their 40 and over crowd. God forbid. I know, right? So... Fernando Tatis Jr., he's an awesome kid. He's young. He's exciting. He's one of the best players in baseball. And DeCarlo also wants to talk about another kid dynamite from the past. So, yeah. So, the last two weeks, ABC had the two-part documentary series, like docuseries on Mike Tyson, who I'm very fascinated with Mike Tyson because, you know, if you were a – if you – Saw Mike Tyson in his prime, late 80s, like early 90s. Dude was a beast. Like, I mean, just walked into a ring and just would just completely demolish people. But then, of course, there was the rap that came with everything being at the top of this game. How individual who comes from a has a hard life, gets famous young, gets power, gets influence, uses that. Then goes to prison off of a rape charge, comes out, fights again, um, finds himself just all over the place, you know, and 
losing himself within boxing again with the American Holyfield thing. Like, it was just really interesting. It was, it was a, I thought it was a really good documentary series because, for one, I think one thing I asked myself that, that I walked away with is, is, would our society today look upon or give an individual the opportunity to, to essentially evolve as Mike Tyson was given? Because we're in the age of social media, Me Too movement, all of these other things. And Mike Tyson would have been on the biggest radar, especially being that, you know, he went to prison for rape and, and sexual assault, things like that. And just having the, that, that opportunity to rehabilitate himself, even though after that it wasn't smooth sailing. Like when he got back into the ring, he was crazy and he was angry. He was starting fights. Like he got into a lot of, lot of stuff legally. And um, just to be able to then go through that period, end his boxing career, and then get a second shot with the hangover, then his one-man show. Um, and now, well, cartoon as well. Like, he's, he's a pop culture icon in the way, like, how people represent him. And he even will speak Nintendo. on a lot of the things that he does now. So, I don't know. It was, it, I thought it was a really good series. Did you get an sh- opportunity to watch it? Probably. Mike Tyson was also in this little Nintendo game called Mike Tyson's Knockout. Oh, yes, I remember that game. <laughs> I never, ever, ever got to the end. Did you? Yes, I never got to face you, Mike Tyson. You never, you never beat him. He just would destroy you. It was, this was like, this came out, what, like in 88, 89 or yeah, something yeah. like that? And so it was a first-person player on Nintendo, and as you gradually beat the boxers, because you were like an up-and-coming youngster, the, the boxers we would get a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Obviously, Mike Tyson looked like a freaking like he was like eight hundred pound gorilla on the screen. He just take up the whole screen. Who was cut? That was- I never, I never got to him. I never, I, I probably lost after like four or five contenders or whatever. It was just, I, I was no, I wasn't really ever good in any. Uh, no, it, it'd be like football, uh, football um, games. Anyways, I have not seen. And I know you you mentioned this a few a few episodes ago about Mike Tyson. I still have not seen this documentary. So can you was it is it online? Is it yeah, it's on Hulu now because it came on ABC. Mm-hmm. So it was on yeah ABC and it was really good. Like I thought, I thought what could have been done better. The points where they speak to Mike Tyson currently, they could have put it in at varying points across the spectrum because. The first part talks about him growing up. Anybody who really knows, like, boxing knows about Mike Tyson's story from Brownsville. Um, you know, gets discovered in prison because back in Brownsville, he, he became a tough kid. And it was crazy because when you know about his story, like, he became tough because he was being bullied. And he had those moments, like, he was in abusive, like, family situations. His mother was an alcoholic and she he would see her getting abused by her boyfriends and she would abuse him. Um, and then just growing up in that time at Brownsville was really hard. And you could tell that that experience, he experienced some watershed moments there that unleashed this anger, you know, all of that like fear of just being afraid of everything. So as opposed to um, being weak, he used that fear and turned and became really, really strong. And then being discovered by Customato, who was a famous boxing trainer, building Mike Tyson up as an amateur. And then when he went pro, it was just like a 
storm. Dude was just knocking people out. Like it was he was known for ending fights by the first round. People would spend fifteen hundred, two thousand, three to five thousand dollars for ringside seats, have like meals of steak and lobster, and getting ready to watch his fight. Fight start, then it'd be over. Just that simple. Like he was just knocking wow. people out. And <laughs> You know, the younger generation, I'm like, if you get an opportunity, YouTube Mike Tyson fights from, like, 1986 to 1992, and you will see a boxer who was just mad. Like, you would just see he ran in there, and it was just like, it, he would just unleash on people. Comedy, bomb, done. Just finished. And, uh, you know, just going through the ringer all those years and everything, just to be able to rehabilitate his, his, uh, his personality, his mindset, and you know, trying to make amends for a lot of the things that he does and, and speaking of therapy and you know, learning about what's up. Like, that's one thing I admire about him at, in the phase that he's in in his life through all of the hardships and pain. Like, I mean, the guy lost his, his young daughter, unfortunately, to a freak accident. He's been to prison. He's gone, you know, had drug addiction, all these things, terrible situations. And he just tries to find, you know, purpose from them and learn about himself and then grow from it. And I, I, I applaud that. And I hope, you know, a lot of people, if given the opportunity, be interesting to see, you know, who people could transform themselves to be, even those who've had like serious hardships, if given that freedom and that space to really grow as people. So, yeah. Carlo, you hit it. You hit the nail on top of the head. The way Mike Tyson is tra transformation transformed and it's not just him doing it on his own. He's, he, was, he was fortunate enough to meet someone like um, Custom Auto who, who adopted him as a son, a white, an old white man. I mean, old. He was, he, yeah, Custom Auto like, was in his late 70s when he met a, what is he, 13, 14, 12-year-old Mike Tyson who had already like been a grown-ass man. Like he was and, big. And, you know, you're saying about from 86, I would even say, my friend, if people, you can see all of Mike Tyson's fights on YouTube, forget 80s, 86 when we became champion, go back and like, look at his 82, 83, 84. And he's just a kid. He is a ball of energy. He is so, he, he is happy and he wants to make cuss happy. And you at the, and he knocks people out after one round if someone last three rounds with him when he was like 17 years old it was like a big deal and he was fighting in front of a couple of hundred people up in the catskills because he's obviously he's from uh he's from brooklyn right so he's yeah, from those, brownsville brooklyn yeah so he was so he go up to catskill which is i don't know what three four hours north of the city two three i don't know two, like about an yeah. hour and a half two hours like, but it is it is a world's world's uh, apart from early 80s uh, brooklyn worlds apart and that's what this this young boy needed and the sad thing is that mike tyson's first 12 13 years is not an anomaly it wasn't an anomaly back in the late 70s early 80s and it's not an anomaly now but Mike Tyson had the one touched by a higher being. Uh, DeCarlo, I don't want this to be too spiritual, but I think there's some people that are put on earth to do one specific thing. And somebody said, Tyson, you're going to knock people out. You're going <laughs> to knock people out, but you're going to do it not as a thug. You're going to do it in a contained ring and you will be showered with all the riches of the world. Unfortunately, that ended up 
messing with him, you could, you could. It would mess up with any. Forget about your, your background. It would mess up anybody. Anybody, especially if you have a, a bunch of yes people around, and and then he lost people like who he lost Custom. He became yep. the champion, uh-huh. and he was his like center of gravity. So to experience that loss on top of all of the previous losses from his childhood, like he's had trauma compressed compressed trauma from young kid to teenage kid to adult, like. Those traumatic moments are watershed moments. I remember this time I had a, a very interesting lecture. It's one of those like transformative lectures where you look at the world a little bit differently afterwards. And it brought up the concept of what's the difference between a historical event and a watershed moment? And a watershed moment, I see it's these moments that take place that completely transform or splits water in a way or splits a person's life in a way that wouldn't have been seen if this did not happen. And when you have those moments and they happen to be very traumatic, they really impact how you move forward. And when you have so many traumas, that that's a lot. And, and then when, and then when you experience them emotionally, you go back to that feeling of who you were at that time. So that maturity level will bring you back. So you could be, say a 44, like 54 year old man. And if he's going to think about that moment where that bully ripped off his bird's head and beat him with it. And then that reaction spurred him to then beat that man, that, that bully to become Mike Tyson. That's crazy. It was, it it was always, it was always in it, but uh, Mike Tyson actually has a podcast. It's all the hot 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 boxing. Which is really it's good. Super popular. All the great celebrities go on to speak with him because it, if you're like a, a certain... sage now, he's like an old sage who you sit back, you could talk about life because he's experienced it all. He speaks with boxers about boxing, and it's so interesting how they go into that that lingo, like they they transform into that world, and they'll still like smack talk with each other, but then dissect each other. And then are open about yeah. like, yo, at this time, I didn't want to fight you. I was scared of you at this time. You know what I mean? It's like as older men, they could do that. But it's just so interesting. Like I've listened to it and you have people who go, it's like you go and you, you sit at the altar, like not the altar, I wouldn't say that because that's too religious, but you sit with the sage and you talk about life. And Mike has a very interesting perspective on it. He's done everything. Yeah. And it's like, you, you have to listen to people. It's like, wow, like you've done everything crazy. You've lived life. And it's just interesting to see your perspective on it and hear your and, and hear that experience. Like I, I, that's one thing I have to say about this medium of podcasting and just the internet and, and all. It's just being able to hear people's stories and they're very interesting stories. Yeah. Uh, so after our listeners listen to uh, Hipster Baseball Podcast HBP, definitely go check out and subscribe to uh, Mike Tyson's Hotboxing. Believe me, we don't get anything out of this. I. I just, you know, Mike Tyson is an incredible man and the way he's transformed himself again and then again and again. He has his podcast. To Carlo mentioned, he had that one-man play. It was a huge hit, and unfortunately, I didn't get to uh, see it. I think most of it was out in Vegas called uh, The Undisputed Truth, and it came out to, like, rave reviews, rave reviews. It was just him talking about his life, and he also has a best-selling book called also the undisputed truth and he talks so much about custom auto and even to this day he says like he was basically the only father figure he ever had and he just had him for such a short amount of time and it just 
it's so sad to hear a grown man like Mike Tyson saying that this man that he only knew for what five years was was the only father figure he had, and then unfortunately uh, Don King comes in and just completely he, he's an opportunist. He, he's he's, he's anyway Don King. We can again you can have other podcasts about Don Don King. I want, but Carlo, I want to, I want to share with you and listeners a couple. One of my, one, there's so many favorite stories about Mike Tyson because I genuinely love this man, and he's he's genuinely his inspiration. But when in 1986, when we when he became champion in in November on the 22nd of November, right around Thanksgiving in 1986, he fought for the WBC title against uh, Trevor Burbick, who was an English champion. He was a cha- he was a he was a champion. It's not just because he had the belt. He had a heart of a champion, Trevor Burbick. So when you're the champion back then, I don't know how things are now because nobody, the, the Carlo, nobody watches boxing anymore. But back in the 80s. They watch MMA. I mean, you, they like I said, no. Nobody like watches the, boxing. I no, but they at least know nobody. who's the top, though. Like, okay. you know Carlo, Canelo who, Alvarez who, is like who, the who's, top. Who's the, who's the boxing champion? of the? Who's the heavyweight boxing champion? Well, heavyweights, don't, nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> That's my point. Okay, who's the no, middleweight? Who's no, the middleweight boxing champion? I think uh, Canelo Alvarez. Like he's like the notable you one. You think? Right you think? No, I know my, he's a champion. No, not, I just don't know I'm what weight class he's in. Though. Girl, like, I'm I not making remember. fun of you. I'm just telling you that that's my point. No yeah. one cares about boxing, <laughs> so everybody watches MMA. Nobody watches boxing. But back in the '80s, boxing was still. That's what even in sports they still call it like oh a, a heavyweight title a heavyweight fight between this baseball team and this football team and this hockey team it's the heavyweight title bout but that's that's also going the way of the dinosaurs because nobody watches heavyweight anyway so my, I'm sorry so the point is in '86 he becomes champion he he wins the WBC title against Trevor Burbick and Trevor Burbick as a champion has the right to wear black shorts. Mike Tyson always wore black shorts since he started fighting as a professional, I think at like 16 or something. So um, the WBC fined Mike Tyson $5,000, which was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't it's all the $5, money. It's $5,000. It's $5,000. Yeah, it's still $5,000. For the fight, because if you go to YouTube and you watch the Trevor Burbick Mike Tyson fight, they're both wearing black. And tradition has it only the champion can wear black shorts mike tyson knocks him out mike tyson happily pays the five thousand dollar fine because he ended up winning one and a half million dollars for the fight so mike tyson he is this guy by the way degarlo he used to get up at 5 a.m and do 10 mile runs every single day because boxers have an unbelievable endurance. You have to have that. Because like, oh, the rounds only last two and a half minutes. No, that's a how lot many, of energy and adrenaline. How many fights do you know even go 30 seconds? <laughs> they're, they're just unbelievable athletes. Mike Tyson, uh, cheers to you, my friend, or my someone that I look up to because you're an amazing man, because you have you've transformed yourself to be a better man of what you were put onto this earth back in the, in the sixties or whatever, but um, Mike Tyson, the, the, the mind of Mike Tyson, because custom motto had him watch all the films of all the old champions, obviously uh, Lou Alcindor, but Lou, 
The Carlo, the Carlo. I believe, I believe them. I told you, I told you, my friend, you're gonna have to carry us over the, the championship yeah. line. Lou Alcindor, my ass. I'm talking about Cassius Clay, now known as Muhammad Ali. Castamato, uh, his his manager, his mentor, his, his his father figure, would have him watch all the great champions: uh, Liston, uh, Marciano, uh, Marciano, everybody. Dempsey, everybody. Yeah. Wow. Just sit back and dissect fit, uh, footage yeah. all the time. And so even today, on, on his, in, in, when you read his book, when you read Mike Tyson's autobiography, when you listen to him speak to other boxers, the mind, his mind is like a computer. It, he just has almost total recall of these things that he would watch over and over and over again and talk to Customato about. And that's where our show sponsor comes in. Computing, tabulating, recording company. Say what? I said, today's show sponsor is CTR, the Computing Tabulating Recording Company. We sell and deliver service. Get rid of your slide ruler and protractor. The CTR will help your company with pesky recording keeping from employee timesheets to punch cards, to clocks, to scales. CTR helped the government perform the US Census of 1900. When you, want to argue, when you want to organize your business, think CTR. We sell and deliver service. So we want to thank CTR for providing us enough money to buy Chameleonaire's coffee, my mojito. I'm, I'm joking. Chameleon's coffee and my mojito because I feel, very, I feel elevated. I feel levitated to Carlo after this. Sir Fran I'm sure this is what Sir Francis Drake fell back 450 odd years ago. And this is where our next segment comes in. Danger Will Robinson. Danger Will Robinson, AKA travels into space, 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 space. It's outer space. And we're gonna talk about Manchester City who unfortunately lost the Champions League. Yeah, they can never last win. Week. They they honestly cannot win in Europe. They can win in England, but they can't win in Europe so far. But so Manchester City is the champion of the English Premier League in soccer, football, and they made it all the way to the final of the. So basically, the Champions League is like a league of the champions of champions. So that's a good thing. They went all the way to the final against a fellow English club called Chelsea, who's down in London. So obviously the, the Champions League final was watched by people all over the world. But Manchester City is a famous club, not all over the world, but also in outer space, thanks to an American astronaut named Doug Hurley. Doug Hurley is a colonel, I'm sorry, Colonel Doug Hurley is a big Manchester City supporter. And when he was working at the International Space Station, who has not heard of the, the ISS the International Space Station, last year in 2020, he was up there for two months, and he was up there with two other ISS astronauts. Uh, I'm sorry. He was up in the ISS, International Space Station, for two months with uh, two other astronaut colleagues. And after their workday was done, on the weekends, of course, they would watch Manchester City matches on one of the computers on board, which I thought is a really cool story. I think it's – forget about the story. It's, I can't imagine being – so they were up at, yeah, they were up 250 miles above Earth, working, living, and watching Manchester City matches. 
And when you're at the ISS, you're going, you're orbiting the Earth at 17,500 miles an hour. Because of my mojito, I can't really do the math on um, how much that is, DeCarlo. I don't, I don't know if you know what that is. No, I, yeah, no, I'm not going to even attempt to. Okay. I'm not you know who I love, DeCarlo? I love the HPP bullpen. Our think tank slash research associates here, they just told me 17,500 miles an hour is 28,163 kilometers per hour. So cheers to the HPP research associates. So anyway, so when Colonel Hurley was up in space last year watching uh, Manchester City eventually become champions of England, the Manchester City, for somehow, he, did, he didn't even do this. Man, somehow Manchester City found out that, that Colonel Hurley is a big Manchester City supporter. And so the football club sent him well wishes. So they had players like the, the great Belgium international, Kevin De Bruyne. And Who unfortunately broke his, had his nose and broken <sighs> in orbital. Yeah, final. That's pretty harsh. That I mean, when he I'm t- okay, look, when he went out of that final around the 60th, I think it was around the 60th minute. I was like, man, it's gonna be hard for us to come back without De Bruyne, and unfortunately, it was because Chelsea ended up winning the Champions League final one nil, one nothing. But anyways, before all these terrible things happened, Kevin De Bruyne sent a video to Colonel Hurley as well as the Portuguese international, uh, Bernardo Silva who did not have a good game, but that's neither here nor there. So DiCarlo, Colonel Hurley has watched lots of Manchester City matches from space. Like, what are like some cool places you've watched any sporting event or some like, just not cool, but just like weird or like. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know. I've never thought about it because I mean, usually I just sit back. It's either at a bar or somebody's house. Um, yeah, somebody houses some someone's house that you don't like. You don't like their house. I don't know. No, <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, there was one time. All right, so this is funny. So I was in Las Vegas, and this was for. Well, Mayweather was fighting against Sugar Shane Mosley, and this is boxing. Was, yeah, it was boxing, and we were at this uh, house of this uh, acquaintance of my cousins because we were traveling to Vegas, and while we were there. One of my cousins get into a like heated discussion about the fighters, and it's some random like pimp. He's just a pimp who's there watching the fight, and then my cousins like have this argument with this pimp about uh, like Mayweather against Mosley. It was really funny actually. That that's probably something I get to back and say just kind of like random house party cousin get into an argument with a pimp. <laughs> I'm gonna say mine. I'm gonna answer my own question, and I'm gonna say I was traveling through Central America back in 20. 2014 and there was i was i was watching the world cup where was the world cup in 2014 uh south africa south that's right so at that time because uh, oh, you know the, that's the world cup where brazil no no they got the crack. spain got, that's where that's where spain, spain yeah that's won where spain cup. won yes they won that and that was against uh the, the netherlands, the netherlands. I, I was thinking about what was the 2018 it was in brazil and brazil got smacked no no that was 2010 no, pretty- that was 2010. It was 2010. The World Cup is every four years. Who won it in 18 then? Uh, France. Who won it like? France. Yes, France. yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, yeah. so in 2014, Spain eventually won the World Cup in football, or if you're Italian, calcio. Anyways, uh, so if you remember to Carlo, back in the early 
parts of 2010, the United States government, or I, I forget who it was, it was the, I don't know what agency it was, but they, they, they demanded that everyone had to have HDTV. Do you remember that? Like at a certain point, everyone had to be, you know, pixel perfect. It had to perfect. be digital. No, it had to be digital because they were cutting off the analog. There you go. But the United States government, as powerful as it is, <laughs> the decree did not go beyond the borders of the United States or Puerto Rico. So I, there I was sitting in Nicaragua watching the World Cup in analog. <laughs> and I was like squinting my eyes. I was like, because sometimes I need to use eyeglasses, Carlo. And I was like, am I seeing this right? <laughs> am I seeing this right? Why, why are the players so, fuzzy? Oh, so correction, correction, correction. I was wrong. <laughs> so Spain won in 2010, and that oh. was in South Africa. Brazil was 2014. Brazil won in South Africa? No, Spain won in South who, Africa. Where, where did they play the World Cup in 2014? In Brazil. So who won the World Cup in 2014? Germany. Germany. Yeah. Yes, they beat Brazil. Oh, that's home, right. Seven, seven to one. They beat them seven, seven to one. one and the they always show this like this kid, this crying, crying. kid in the Coke cup. That was oh. a perfect like ad for Coca Cola. He's like crying terribly in a Coca Cola cup. Like, Speaking of watching Mike Tyson YouTube videos, you should watch the. You should you on YouTube. You should you should search Brazilian fans' reaction to 2014 versus Germany. And it's just basically people in their living room, Brazilians in their living room, just crying after every single German. <laughs> the Germans, they I mean, demolished the Brazil. It was, it was, in, in it was Brazil, hilarious. It was, to add insult to injury, it was in Brazil. And it was a semifinal, one step away from the final. You're right, yeah. Carlo. It was not in South Africa. We're sorry, people. Yeah. So I watched the 2014 World Cup while I was traveling through Central America in 2014 which took place in Brazil in analog. And now I, I just found it so weird. I'm like, why is this not, what is, what is this terrible quality of television? And it turns out that obviously that some governments in Central America didn't care about the decree of the United States government saying that everything had to be digitalized. So that's my little unique thing. Cause I'm sure if you, if I, if I had enough time, I think I'd think about other places, but uh, we don't have that much time here. Anyways, Going back to Colonel Hurley, Colonel Hurley DiCarlo, he's actually from Endicott, New York, which is in Western New York State, something like that. It's not too far, maybe like three, four hours from New York City. And the nickname of Endicott is the Magic City. What other city is called the Magic City? Mr. 305, Miami. For some, I didn't know this. I know Miami's Miami's nickname is the Magic City. I had never heard of Endicott. But also, what other word class? What other word did we learn? Also means magic. Moho from the African slaves working on the sugar canes of Cuba, which is what I just I literally just finished my my mojito that De Carlo is going to take us over to the championship cross line. So Moho City, Endicott, New York. And last point, our show sponsor today, the Computing Tabulating Recording Company, CTR, is also located in Endicott, New York. By the way, people, the Twitter handle of Colonel Hurley is at Astro, A-S-T-R-O, underscore Doug, D-O-U-G. So after you give HBP a follow, 
go ahead and give uh, at the Colonel Colonel Hurley a follow at, at Astro underscore Doug. And that, my friends, means that there have been animals in space because that was in, the, in back in the 60s when we didn't know any better. Now we would not send animals in space. But you can still sit at home and watch a SpaceX or a Blue Origin takeoff or while you're Galactic. having... Virgin Galactic take off while you're having your mojito, your summer drink, or if you're in the southern hemisphere of the of, uh, of Earth, your winter drink, a very warm, hot drink with your pet. Tweet us a picture of you drinking your drink of choice now in June. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040. And when you send the picture of whatever you're drinking and your beautiful pet, use the hashtag HBPets. HBP. ETS. And that's a wrap, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. You'll find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at HPP4040 and our drinks will be in the show notes. Make sure you join us next time for a brand new episode of HPP, today's whole podcast.